Welcome to The Briefly, the podcast companion to The Briefly's New York City email newsletter, which you can subscribe to at thebriefly.com. I'm your host, Rob Blatt. Let's jump in to today's podcast edition. On today's podcast edition of The Briefly, I was joined by State Senator Jessica Ramos. Jessica represents the 13th State Senate District, which includes Jackson Heights, Corona, Elmhurst, East Elmhurst, and parts of Astoria and Woodside. After the shooting of two police officers in the Bronx on January 21st, Mayor Eric Adams released the Blueprints to End Gun Violence. Within Mayor Adams' plan are suggested reforms to New York State's 2019 bail reform and the 2017 Raise the Age Law, which changed how the state prosecutes 16- and 17-year-olds. One quick note before we go to my conversation with the state senator, less than 30 minutes before our recorded conversation, Mayor Adams released a statement about an alleged police shooter who was released on bond. There's a reference to the mayor's statement in our conversation, but the alleged shooter that Mayor Adams is referencing is not the same person who is being held for the alleged shooting of two police officers in the Bronx. He's referencing a separate police shooting that happened on January 18th in Harlem. As you'll hear, I left this part in our conversation. The confusion over this one detail does not invalidate the greater point being made by State Senator Ramos. In regards to the alleged shooter referenced in the mayor's statement, the person released on a $250,000 bond is 16 years old and is already being tried as an adult in court. Changes to the raise the age law would not apply in this case. Without further ado, here is my conversation with State Senator Jessica Ramos, who joined me remotely from her office in Queens. Welcome to the show, State Senator Jessica Ramos. I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us on The Briefly today. Well, it's great to be on. I know we're going to talk about some really important topics, so I'm excited. Yeah, so let's jump right in. I know that time is of the essence here. We wanted to have a short discussion about bail reform and as it relates to the blueprint to end gun violence. The fight to get bail reform to where it is today was a monumental effort. And I was curious as to your thoughts on the first mention of this plan goes almost immediately into reforming that. You know, um, hearing the mayor lay out his vision uh, was very interesting because there were some good things in there. I want to start there by saying that we should be making meaningful investments in youth employment and we should be looking towards violence interrupters and the like. But there were also some really concerning points that were made in the blueprint that the mayor laid out, particularly around raising the age of young people being able to be convicted as adults instead of the children that they are. That's something I find tremendously dangerous. Many times, unfortunately, our young people are not equipped to make the best possible decisions, especially if their family is going through dire straits. It's it's hard, of course, because we always do want to take the victims into account. I just believe that the best way to honor a loved one that you've lost or that has been hurt is really to make sure that that person doesn't offend again. And so making serious investments and having serious conversations about mental health, especially as it pertains to our young people, is really, really important. 
Now, the bail reform that we did at the state legislature really was responding to nonviolent crimes. And it's predicated on the idea that really the bail system just serves to keep poor people incarcerated. If you have the means to pay the bail that has been set by the judge when you were accused of the crime, like many wealthy people can, well, then you are somehow entrusted to return to court with no penalty. But yet the experience is different if you're poor. If you cannot afford your bail, then you would be sent to Rikers Island to await trial there instead of the comfort of your own home, simply for being poor. And so this has been completely detrimental to working families, particularly those of color, of course. And so we, we didn't really change the bail reform for the more violent crimes. And with the very unfortunate murder of police officers in Harlem just a, just a few days ago, really, you know, we saw they were allegedly shot by a young man who, of course, would never be able to get a gun here. And, and I'd like to talk about guns in a little while. But his family was able to post bail for him. And so it's not that he's walking free. He'll be able to wait trial from the comfort of his home. That's how the bail laws were intended to work. I've always believed as senator that what the work that we've done on bail reform has been significant but incomplete because we don't really address the root issues of why a person commits a crime at any point, you know, whether they're paying bail, whether they're not, they don't qualify for bail, whether they're being remanded once they're incarcerated. I mean, nobody is getting the mental health treatment, much less medicine that they need. When we talk about public safety, we have to do it very honestly. And I know it's very difficult, especially for those of us, and I include myself, who have been victims of crime. But we have to do it with honesty and accuracy. Um, facts are, 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 are that much more important in these conversations. You did address the next question that I did have, which is earlier in the week, the podcast is released on Sundays. We are chatting on Friday. Earlier in the week, the mayor basically said that people are focusing on one aspect of this blueprint rather than the entire thing. Do you feel as if the this is a stumbling block for the entire blueprint? Or that this is something that is unique to this scenario, especially as it comes to the the city's relationship with the state, which has historically and politically been, let's say, contentious. Yeah. Well, you know, I read the blueprint, but I also saw the interviews that the mayor did where he leans on the this call to do away with the bail reform, to do away with raise the age, what I was describing before, which he actually was a proponent of when he was a state senator, mind you. Absolutely. So I'm really basing my, my, myself and, and, my, and my, my thoughts here really on the fact that that's what he's focused on. So yes, of course, we're going to be focused on pushing back on what we don't agree with, the other items, including the ones that I think actually make sense, really are a matter of the budget. And he'll have the opportunity to put his money where his mouth is once June comes around. The New York City budget is due on June 30th every year. And so over the next few months, 
I really hope that as New Yorkers, we hold his feet to the fire and make sure that he's putting in every cent that he can for summer youth employment in that budget and all of the other good things that he outlined. Because really the rest of the work, which we in Albany have been very focused on, let me tell you, we talk about public safety nearly every time that we meet as a legislature. Every New Yorker is worried about public safety right now, without exception. I believe that. But we again, we have to have these conversations with accuracy and, and from a sincere place. It's such an emotional topic for so many. But unfortunately, the response, the policy cannot be rooted in emotion. It has to be rooted in science. It has to be rooted in the data that we've seen about what hasn't worked and what does work. And actually, we've seen that, that with bail reform, more than 90% of people return to court without having to have paid bail. For nonviolent crimes. And that's a huge win for our communities. But ultimately, we need the courts to start processing these folks so that we, we can bring more order to our streets. We're pretty much at time, and I do appreciate you spending the time with us today. I invite you uh, an open invitation anytime that you'd like to come back. Uh, I know that you have a lot more to say on the topic. Anytime that you'd like to come back, the floor will absolutely be yours. Thank you so much. Senator Ramos, for joining us today. Thank you, Rob. Yes, this and many topics. I'm really happy to, co to come on in and, 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 you know, have these conversations with you. I really appreciate uh, this public service that you're doing and, and, and really bringing the topics right to New Yorkers' ears. Um, and, and, and hopefully we can get through this together. I believe that. Thank you for listening to today's podcast edition of The Briefly. As you can hear, we still do not have music. If you're an artist with music you think would be a great fit for The Briefly, please send me an email at The Briefly. Please send me an email to thebriefly at gmail.com. And let's get your music on a future episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast edition of The Briefly, my email is again, thebriefly at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, you can subscribe anywhere that podcasts can be heard or you can subscribe to The Briefly's thrice-weekly email newsletter at thebriefly.com. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Rob Blatt, and we'll talk again next edition.